When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday night, and we are here for Explain Yourself, and we have a different Kevin Joseph this week. Uh, last week, we had totally Kevin Joseph. This is uh, this is Matt Kevin Joseph. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, we also have uh, some uh, pretty awesome guests tonight. Uh, we've got Steph Cannon and uh, Matt Knowles from uh, Heirs of Sealdor. we got Mar- Mario Candelaria from uh, Kilchella. And I have someone else scheduled who's not quite here yet, so we'll cross our fingers that they'll get here. If they don't, well, more time for all of us, right? All right. Um, So I hope everybody had a good week. We will jump into this. We'll go around the horn and we'll do our 30-second elevator pitches, and then we'll swing back around and we'll do a deep dive on on the projects, and then... uh, We'll see what chaos ensues. So let's give it a start. Matt, um, well, since you're here, you know, as, as kind of a guest, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your book for a second, and then we can move around the horn, and, and we'll do the elevator pitches for everyone else. Cool. Yeah, I am working now on a new Kickstarter for Thoughtscape Comics, which is my sci-fi anthology series, uh, sort of in the 2000 AD Dark Horse Presents um, mm-hmm. tradition, and We'll be hitting Kickstarter at the start of January with uh, two new issues. So we've got the first issue that we uh, kickstarted in 2021, and then uh, we've got issues two and three. Um, I just got the final art in from Carl Slominski uh, this yesterday afternoon. So um, the last story came in. So yeah, that's uh, what I'm working on. And if folks want to go follow that before it launches, then go to Thoughtscape. 2023.com and that'll take you to the Kickstarter page. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we've got uh, Shawnee's in the house. She says happy Friday. And then uh, our uh, lovely sponsors who make everything possible, uh, the Geek Collective. Thanks, Geek nice. Collective. <laughs> and uh, Shawnee says, uh, you have big shoes to fill. But I didn't think <laughs> yes. I didn't. I didn't think that Kevin had that big a feet, but I don't know, right? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> Remember, the whole point is to make me look as good as possible, yes, right? Exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, all right, we are. Uh, let's let's jump into some uh, thirty second pitches real quick. So let's look at um, uh, heirs of a seal door. So who wants to do the pitch for that? Steph, Matt, who who drew the short straw? I don't think it's a short straw at all. I'll take care of it. So, Heirs of a Sealed Door, Perilous Prospects, book one and two is what we have on Kickstarter right now. It's an apocalyptic sci-fi story set in a steampunk world. The catastrophe in the town of Shadowshaven worsens because of the skies above and the citizens below. This is a 56-page, perfect-bound book. It is the logical continuation from the uh, where we're at in our story arc. Um, if you are somebody that's into great characters, great adventures. We like to say we want to make characters that you can relate to and universes you want to escape into. This is the campaign for you. We have five days left. We are a striking distance away from a, a dollar amount stretch goal, a backer count stretch goal, and we have some other things set up after that. But we need your help to get there. We need everybody's help to get there, whether you're a dollar backer or whether you're a super backer. Everybody counts. Everybody's going to help to be able to uh, help everyone to be able to get more stuff, more swag in your bag. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And we have a very special, this is a very special episode of Blossom. I mean, of Explain Yourself. <laughs> we have a, we have a, yeah, this is how crazy it's going to get tonight. Um, we have a, we have a special guest. Uh, Mario Candelario does not have a, a current Kickstarter or crowdfunding project, but he's got this little book that, you know, I don't know. Not very many people have heard of, except everybody on the freaking planet, I think, at this point, called Kilchella. So, Mario, thanks for being on tonight. Tell us a little bit about Kilchella. Hey, thanks for having me. Kilchella is a four-issue series coming out from Scout, and it's about a group of friends who go to a concert I cannot legally name in the in the uh, Coachella <laughs> Valley Desert. And, uh, yeah, what they... Um, they go there for some fun, and then they end up finding themselves in the middle of a uh, chaotic mass sacrifice ritual from one of their favorite pop stars. Nice. Uh, I'm sure you can't mention the pop star either, right? Uh, she's made up, so yeah, sure. I before now. <laughs> well, all right. Well, tell you what. Let's uh, let's jump back into Heirs of a Sealed Door. Let's kind of take a deep dive into that at the moment, since you guys have five days left, and uh, let's. All right, Matt, we tried this before. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do let's, it. Let's do this thing. All right, so let me uh, share the screen here, share my tab, and boom. Wow, that sounded very, very Southern when I just said that. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy All right. crap. Share my tab over here. <laughs> I'm from Arkansas, y'all. It's okay. <laughs> All right, so, so I have a question for you guys. Do you guys want us to play the video? Because our, our campaign video is actually pretty darn fun. Well, we can play the video. It's just that the people on the podcast kind of hear a few things and don't really know what's going on. Uh, but if you want to, I'm perfectly fine playing I, it. I, so. think, I think the podcast people will be okay because this one, there's actually Steph and I are both in the video. We're talking the whole time. It's not just music. All right. Awesome. Let's do it then. All right, so let's see, let's see if it'll work. Big 
Fingers are crossed. <laughs> Maybe it's not going to want to let me share this or play it from the share. Uh, hit the play button there on the. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting it, so you might have to play it from your side. Maybe, maybe try a reload of the page and then and then try it. And if that doesn't you know work, what? I will give it a try. You know what? I'm going to try a reload of the page, and I'm you know... all right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. We're, We're back. Matt and Steph from Symmetry Creations. We're back to unveil the campaign for Ares Vestildor, The Perilous Prospects, Book Two. Everything has gone up in smoke. Their lab, their residence, even their beloved Shadow Saber is in peril. And if you think this is as bad as it's going to get, you're sadly mistaken. So much has gone on in our puritanical steampunk village since Book One. This issue is a massive 56 pages. As always, we'll have some killer collectible covers, some awesome support merch, and you guessed it. A few fun surprises! And a few fun surprises! A, a few, few fun surprises! We can't wait for you to read The Perilous Prospects, book two. There are some massive twists and turns that you won't see coming. So on behalf of the whole team, the heirs of the Sealed War, and the citizens of Shadow's Haven, we hope you'll check out this next installment of our sci-fi story arc set in a steampunk world. Before it's too late. Oop, I wasn't trying to play that again. <laughs> nerds, nerds, nerds. Nice. Well, yeah, very nice. Thank you very much. So yeah, we uh, we had a lot of fun making that uh, that campaign video. That is, you know, I'm going to like refresh the page because whenever we stop this, we always catch Steph with the most amazing, bizarre <laughs> screenshot. Why is it just me? It's you too. <laughs> I'm always looking some other direction and you look like somebody, like you said, somebody just passed gas in the room and we don't want that. Yeah. We, we, you're too classy for that. Um, so yeah, so so people ask her like, who is this other dude that is in the, the campaign video? So that's actually the videographer, Michael Palmer from Palmer Productions. We did a campaign video for the first one. And in there, um, we had the little part where I did a few fun surprises. And for whatever reason, that became like the part that everybody thought was great in the video. So we're like, if we're doing uh, a campaign video for issue two, we have to make sure that's in there. We have to do it even more so. And we had been filming for like, we did like parts of videos for like four different things and like three different photo shoots. And so this was like five hours in and we were completely just slap happy. It was and like an eight hour day of filming. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was what happened because I'm in Florida, Steph's in California. So when we have time to film is very few and far between. And we actually were able to block out an entire day um, and had a whole day where we just did everything we could possibly cut. And I, I don't remember when in the day that was, but I'm sure that that was later on in the day because we were just completely Pretty stupid sure. at that point. <laughs> Nice. Well, you mentioned the whole team. Uh, who's who? Who uh, makes up the whole team? Uh, do you want to tell them the team there, Steph? Since I've been talking a lot. Yeah, yeah. So our our artist is Alessandro Ventura uh, out of Brazil. The colorist is Bruno Hain, so out of Brazil. Uh, they actually are friends, and uh, it's funny because they say they're neighbors, but they're like on opposite sides of a mountain. But um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're practically neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is just awesome. But um, yeah, yeah, there are artists and they're doing an amazing job. It's it's nice when 
you have a line artist and a colorist that really gel well together and are familiar with each other's work. And I think that's one of the things about comics that people don't realize a lot of the times is that when you have, uh, you know, an, an artist, line artist, and a colorist that have worked together before previously or know each other's work, um, it's just seamless. And so, and that's exactly what they are. So we're really fortunate to have these guys working with us on uh, these issues because they're just doing an amazing job. Yeah, nice. and, and one of the things that I want to make sure that people know, disclaimer, you're not going to get dinged for the copyright on the, playing that music. That music is actually one of the songs on one of the two albums that we have. Uh, so we have two metal albums that, that I'm the main musician on and we both produced um, that go along with everything that we do. And um, cool. the last album we did is called Heirs of a Sealer versus Tales from Nocturnia, which is two of our IPs. And that's actually a song called Nightmare Scenario, which normally it's it's melodic or extreme metal where there's heavy guitars and heavy vocals and blast beats and all that. But we have one song per album that is completely soundtrack like that, where there's no guitars, no vocals, and it just sounds like it should be a movie trailer. And so that's why we use it in the video, because it's movie trailer <laughs> nice. style. Nice. Yeah, that was actually when I was going through the campaign earlier today, that was one of the things I wanted to ask about was the records and what, uh, I don't know, how, what, how was the experience of both recording that and then pressing stuff do you record a lot just generally and um so i i was in a band um many moons ago that did like five or six cds um yeah. and you know we that was a whole different era of my life um i can tell you whenever we do a campaign we never do a we never do it small as far as the number of things in it we don't it's one of those don't try this at home kind of things right. we're yes. always like doing it doing a single issue but also doing the trade or um releasing a metal album and doing a one-shot comic this is like one of the very few campaigns that we've done that didn't have some other insanity being done at the same time where we could focus on this mm, issue okay. for this campaign um which then again it's also a 56 page perfect bound book so that's not like it was a 24 page comic yeah. so we always have to do things big yeah. um but yeah i mean being able to integrate the music into what we do in the comics has always been fun um, I'll let Steph tell her side of that, but that was one of the things that um, really drew her when, when we first met, um, I had already started doing the Ares project earlier on. And that was one of the things that really caught her Steph, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll tip it up to you to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Ares and Silder was originally Matt's creation. And when he and I met, he was working on issue three and um I had read issues one and two, and it was, I had never seen anything like that in comics, uh, especially independent comics, where you were reading something and it would say, to find out more about this character, go listen to this song. And there was a YouTube link, and you go oh, to the man. YouTube link, yeah. and there'd be a lyric video. And I was just blown away that it was the, the, the person who had created the comic was also the person who created the music that went along with it. It wasn't just, hey, here's some cool songs created by these other bands to listen to while you're reading the comic. It was yeah. actually his work. And I was fascinated because I had never seen that before in comics. Um, and I, it, I, as I know now, it's been done a few times, but by huge bands, you know, like uh, Coheed and Cabria have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was just, I thought that that was really cool and unique and original. And uh, I became a fan. And, um, you know, when Matt and I met, we both were kind of at the same spot in our lives creatively. And so within a few months we formed in Signature Creations LLC, which is our content creation company. And I jumped on board as kind of a story consultant and editor because he, he really knew the direction he was taking the first story arc. 
Um, but eventually over time, it just became a thing where we were co-writing it because, you know, when you, when you're making notes for a series, they only go so far and those are fluid. And fortunately mm-hmm. with this, this second story arc, it's much easier for me to, kind of, you know, jump in and, and play more of a, a co-writer role with it. Yeah. And one of the things too, is that, you know, like Steph said, when we met, um, I came from the music world and I came from prose writing and lyric writing and that couldn't be any more different and opposite from writing mm-hmm. comics. Comics is show don't tell and in, in lyric writing and poetry and prose, it's always be as flowery as you can take <laughs> two pages of text to talk about somebody walking up a staircase. And <laughs> in comics, it's like, if you tell, if you have more than one panel about a dude walking up a staircase, then you've wasted a whole page. And one of the things when we first met, I was still infantile in understanding the true way to put together comics. I was basically doing illustrated novels with, you know, a lot of text on the page and um, it was more hybrid and, and, and Steph in, in very nice, in a very nice way, she would be like, if you want to write a comic, you need to learn how to do comics. Like, I was actually even... goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so she came with the comic knowledge and I had the, the, the creative side. It didn't mean she wasn't already being creative on her side as well. She had a lot of one page stories and short stories yeah. and things she had already released. Um, and, but it just was a good mesh for us to be able to put those two things together. And that's what we have now. Um, nice. That's, that's, I remember when I first read the, was you had the one page story stuff that was, uh, yeah. The, the award-winning one. Yeah, um, Boot Hill. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny, you both coming from such opposite directions. Uh, Very, yeah. Just yeah. content-wise, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, I, oh. I think uh, it goes to show how simpatico we are because that doesn't, you know, it's it's not every day that you can have. Co-writing is hard for anybody, and it takes a special team. Uh, but there are those teams in comics that do it, and they do it well. And uh, we like to say it's just kind of like uh, TV writing. You don't normally have a TV show that's written by one person. It's usually a room full of people uh, writing it together, and they they you just learn how to do it together. Yeah, totally. Nice. Well, so I'm always curious from a co-writing standpoint because I've only ever co-wrote something with Kevin, and that was its own brand of insanity because it's Kevin and me, but uh, or Kevin and I. Sorry. Um, so how can you kind of describe that process? I mean, you said uh, issue three was kind of already written. Did it go back through kind of an editorial process that kind of became co-writing? I mean, what, what did that look like? So interestingly enough, so the first arc um, I tried to release as, as often as I could before we went to Kickstarter. It was an 11 issue arc. And so there was a lot of issues for us um, to be able to work on. And uh once, as the first 11 issues were, came out for that arc, um, I was very close to the vest. Like, um, Steph wouldn't even get the the issue to even edit it until I was ready to turn it over, period. Like, here's the art, here's everything, and then she could go in and take a look. Um, once we got to the end of that arc, um, we went back and, and with the art that we had, uh, we had, let me say this, we had a lot of limitations with what the art was that we had. One of the artists that I had worked with for the first half of that series actually passed away. And um, the, uh, yeah, that, that, that unfortunately is a refrain that has happened multiple times in uh, in the stuff that we've done. Um, But uh, so we had very limited art from him. 
And then the artists that, that we were working with at the time had a very different style, but we wanted to go back when we did the trade and we revamped the entire thing and made it as close to a comic. It's still a pretty dense um, graphic novel at that, even at that point for the crossroads conundrum, but we went back and, and took a new look at the entirety of what was there. And so what you get in the trade paperback version of the crossroads conundrum, which we have right here, which is 268 pages. What you get in this is very, very different than what you got in the individual issue. So we felt like it was better. It was a lot more um, cohesive of, of a, of a production because it took two years to get all the issues out. Uh, but it still wasn't where we wanted to be. And um, now if you look at what we have in, and I'll just pull out one of the random copies of uh, the first issue of the perilous prospects, here's our metalocalypse homage cover. Um, now it's completely, you know, a full on comic, um, you know, we're where we want to be as far as it being told in comic style um, with, uh, you know, traditional comic lettering and, and great artwork. And so that's where we're at now in all of our titles, whether it's this or Misfits Clubhouse for uh, for Scout Comics, everything is being done in a traditional format. And um, it definitely is, is where we need to be now. So it took us a long time to get there, but now everything is at that point. Gotcha. Well, uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's really an interesting way to kind of work at it. I mean, Mario, uh, what's, what's, can you, can you give us a little bit of a window on your process? Uh, in terms of writing or production? Or which, yeah. Which aspect? Um, yeah. So, how, sorry. What however, how, whatever you want to talk about, it's up to you, man. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. So I mean, for writing, I like to start out with a nugget of an idea, try to build that out as an outline, you know, get some temple mm -hmm. moments, break down the three act structure. And then uh, sometimes I just ignore that outline and just wing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I like there, to try to see what train tracks I have to follow along where we like to go, uh, you know, try to pace out, especially if you're doing a multi issue uh, structure, try to pace out where the endings are. So you want to try to end, of course, at, a more attractive moment that makes someone want to say, Hey, I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's kind of like jazz. Sometimes I can't replicate what I did the night before. Uh, but okay. I, I hear you, man. What about you, Matt? Uh, how, how did, what's, what's your kind of work process look like? Um, I tend to, I was it like three or four years ago. I sort of stumbled on uh, doing my, writing very like super visually so there's this old mac program called comic life which was a app intended for you to like take iPhotos and dump them into panels and make your own comics just for fun which i would do for my kids and stuff but uh but i started writing in that because you can actually just drop images in and then do balloons and everything and um you know the first couple projects i did were full-length graphic novels coming right out of the gate without any experience and that was a challenge um so on the second one i was like well i'll try it like this and i you know did like a so i put together like the 200 page document using a bunch of existing art to just kind of like fill in the the vibe of the panel uh, more than mm -hmm. anything and then the dialogue to do the pacing so that's how i started or kind of have been writing the last few years um and then i take that and translate that into script form and Google Docs or whatever and um, and pass that along. But I just like it's uh, yeah, I just I for me, like the pacing came so much more naturally. And like Mario was saying, it's like jazz, like doing the dialogue actually in balloons and seeing how it flows and going from panel to panel. Uh, 
you know, helps me immensely. And then if I, um, being able to just drop images in, I mean, it's really time consuming, I guess, but I'm not in a hurry I guess, at this point. So, um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm way ahead. Um, as we, uh, I'm sure we're all waiting on money all the time. So, um, I got plenty of time to kill. So it's way, and it's way more fun, right? Cause it's like, you're kind of putting together like this mock-up of a comic and I do design for my day job. So it's very like, a natural flow for me. So, um, yeah, so I started doing that and I do, then I just full scripted. I never like show that to the artist unless I have like a really specific page layout or something. Mm -hmm. I did that with Carl on the, um, that some uh, pages that I just got in for one of our stories in Thoughtscape. Um, mm -hmm. and, but even then I was just like, yeah, if you, you, you're amazing. Please throw this away if you don't like what I'm saying here. But if this helps, this is what I was envisioning. Um, but only rarely do I ever share any of that stuff because I want, you know, um, I want the artist to do what the artist is good at. And uh, it's not what I'm good at. So, uh, well, yeah, so and, that's and, that's pretty much it. And you, you answered the question, but apparently we have the prime Kevin Joseph in oh, uh, wow. the audience. So <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, he said, "Never mind." I, just, I just answered. answered it. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So, hey, a good question. Yeah, no, I like uh, was I. There's, you know, I've listened to hours and hours of Brian Michael Bendis talking, and I think he he talks about one time accidentally like making the decision to send that his like kind of mock up thumbnails along since he used to draw comics too, mm -hmm. and uh, and that being a mistake for whatever artist he sent it to. So I've always been very like, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm going to back away um, and not try to impress, uh, yeah, upon anything. And I mean, the thing that I'm constantly surprised with, like talking about the co-writing or just the whole process is how, um, um, like, if you have any kind of sync with an artist or a co-writer, mm -hmm. um, and I've done a little bit of co-writing on it, some small Thoughtscape stuff, um, and, but if you're in sync at all, it's super nice uh that it's always like, I've never found it to be like a process that takes away from the whole, right. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's always better unless you're really, you know, if you're struggling with an artist, that can be a thing. But like, if, uh, if you're clicking at all, like it's always so much better to pull yourself back, I think, and take mm -hmm. as much of yourself out of whatever it is. And then it just seems to like blossom naturally, I guess, to stay on the blossom theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice callback. Thank you. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I love the fact that you both kind of brought up jazz because I I personally love love that feeling when you're you're writing something and a character does something that you did you didn't expect, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> totally. Cool, I like it. <laughs> yeah, the thing that I'm, the thing that happens for us is like we'll have the artist will do something with the character in the way that they draw it. And we're like like we had an entire series that came from one panel um, that our artist drew. And we're like, I wonder what's going on in the head of that character. And yep. we just kept on coming back going, I wonder what's going on in the head of that character. We need to do an entire side arc just for this character. And like, um, and then like for, for this, for the perilous prospects, our art team being in Brazil, we find we have to, to actually to over put things into the script. Cause we want to make sure that we don't take anything for granted as far mm -hmm. as the things that like, like um, uh, you know, without going too far sideways, we did a story um on in Misfits Clubhouse 
Um, and one of them was called Pinball Madness. And our artist is an Indian. We take for granted in the U.S., you know, what pinball machines go play pinball. He had never physically been in front of a pinball machine in his life. So we had to explain from the ground up what flippers are, what bumpers are, what the point of pinball is. Uh, if you get an extra, extra ball, just all these things. And so we always have to try to, you know, encourage them to, to give to allow us to give them more information. And like you said, sometimes they take it, sometimes they pick some other things, but with the art team we have right now, um, there's a couple of characters that um, we said, Hey, we need this type of character over here. And the artist just knocked it out of the park and, we were like, Steph and I were like, this guy is going to become a named character because we need to see more of this dude. And, mm -hmm. and we were, we went back to the arts like, Hey, this guy that you drew in this panel, you need to draw him more. Cause this is the character's name now. And you, he's <laughs> going to become something. And he's like, he's like, wow, my the thing that I drew is actually going to become a part of the story more yeah. than just a background <laughs> character. We're like, yes. How cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, Hey, let's, uh, let's take a look at the, uh, the project. If you want to scroll through it a little bit. Absolutely. Let's look at some of the reward tiers. Is there one in particular that uh, you, know, oh, you want to point there's, out? There's definitely some stuff that Steph will talk about here in a little bit. Um, so let's see here. Let's. So uh, we have four different covers for the campaign. We have our main cover, Equestrian Escape, which is our our one of our main characters, Merc, with the blue and purple hair riding on a two-headed horse that they found um, walking around in the wilderness out there. She's tamed the horse, and maybe the horse has tamed her and uh, has her riding it. Uh, we have a Stranger Things homage cover. Uh, we had a guy named Josh Menendez come in and do a a version of the Stranger Things 4 movie poster uh, with our characters. I think he knocked that out of the park. Um, we've also got a, key, a cover called uh, Keto's Manga Variant. We have a, a sister duo from Steph's town of Visalia, California that, um, that did a, they have a manga title that they're going to be debuting and we felt like they were going to be the perfect team to be able to bring our samurai character that was pulled into our storyline um, in Perilous Prospects book one to do him in manga style. And they did a really cool thing where they actually put uh, the main characters from the story on the, the samurai's blade, but in as if they were in a manga story. Then uh, we also have that final cover, which is called um, um, Artificial Extravagance, which is done in Mid-Journey. Uh, we thought it was really cool looking to be able to get our steampunk goggles uh, created like that so we made that a, a variant cover um so then as far as let's see here let's scroll down so we talk, talk a lot about what happens in issue one uh we have one of the lyric videos to the album right there um then hey if somebody wants to catch up here's the here are the things that are out there in this in the story universe prior to this we designed the story arc so that way you could start with one and two and have enough information to be able to really understand it and enjoy it but if you want to dig deeper back you know back in the timeline you can get these other issues as well Cool. All right. So here's the different covers again. So wearables, we uh, we did a, a foil shirt in the last campaign where it was a black shirt, but that that uh, that 13 o'clock logo of ours was done in foil. Uh, it was a big hit, but it's also something that is, uh, you know, you can't go cut your grass in in a foil shirt and you got to be careful <laughs> with uh, the way you wash it. it has to be washed inside out on gentle and, and hang dried. And that doesn't work very well for people going to cons and all that. So we decided we were going to do two different versions of it this time screen printed that are going to be a gray shirt and a steampunk brown shirt. And as you see beside there, we also have socks available. This is the third pair of socks that we've done. And these things are a very big hit with, uh, with our fans. We, uh, the, we had a guy a couple weeks ago that bought some from us at a show and he put a post up with him wearing his socks. And he's like, these socks are awesome. They're comfortable. They look awesome. 
And the responses were like um, a bunch of people showing them wearing our socks at the same time. And we're like, how cool is that? There was like four or five people wearing uh, in Synergy Creations, Heirs of a Sealed or a Misfits Clubhouse socks at the time. Um, so here's the stuff I know Steph wants to talk about. So Steph, I'll let you take it away on the, uh, on the leather work. So our leather workers that we have uh, make merchandise for us for almost every campaign at this point, GB Leatherworks, they, um, they have done massive dragon head masks for us. They've done uh, dice pouches, which honestly could be pouches for, for almost anything because they're, they're really roomy. We've done little, they've done little uh, baby dragon head keychains. Uh, but for this campaign, they're doing goggles, which are amazing. And I can attest to that because they're the goggles that I wear at every show now because they're the only ones that I can wear for eight, nine, 10, 12 of our shows sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, they are offered in brown, black, or eccentric craftsmen, which is dealer's choice. They get to make whatever color or crazy combination of colors which, believe it or not, with leather, you can do pretty much every color under the sun. And the cool thing about these goggles is on the sides, they have our, our one of the symbols that's associated with the story, which is the, the 13 o'clock symbol that you kind of see right there next to the custom leather work. Um, that, that's a symbol that we're using all through the story. And that's going to be emblazoned on the side of the goggles. And they're, they're awesome. So I, I highly suggest these are, you're not going to get custom-made leather goggles pretty much anywhere else unless you wander to like a Ren fair or something. I don't know. These guys are crazy. We They're good friends of ours. We've done a lot of shows with them. There's a show that happens uh, twice a year in Mount Dora, Florida called Renegar's Steampunk Days. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a steampunk show that uh, that they do. And we're always next to each other. They, they the, the creators of the show know now just to put us together. But it's so fun because you feel like you've gone back in time because they're like blacksmiths, you know, they're like next to us hammering out things while they're making all these leather goods. They're amazing. But um, aside from the goggles, we also have a set of Christmas ornaments. So it's three, a set of three. It is the uh, 13 o'clock symbol. It's the little dragon head. And it's a pair of little mini goggles. They're adorable and amazing. Um, and so that's, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's an amazing deal because you get three, you know, miss a set of three. So um, I'm really excited about those because I really love all of them and can attest to, especially the goggles that I can wear them on my head all day and not feel like I'm dying. Nice. nice. Well, cool. Uh, so let's, I mean, I think you guys have five days remaining on the. Yep. Yes. Five days remaining. We are done on Thursday at 9 PM Eastern. And excellent. looks like you have, you're funded for sure. That's awesome. And you're doing well. So excellent. Good work. Yeah. Thank you. We Congrats. appreciate it. We, we subscribe to the theory of that. Uh, you can either ask for what you need in the campaign or what you think you can get in the first two days. And we always go with what we think we can get in the first two days so that that way we can get onto stretch goals and we can start giving back and start adding things on. Um, we've already, the, the backers have already added three trading cards that we'll make that are going to go into every physical backers pack uh, that, uh, manga series that we talked about earlier uh we get to be the people that are privileged to be able to debut the um the pdf version of that ash cam in this campaign so every digital and physical backer is going to get that uh that um, ash cam which we think is really cool because i mean a lot of people have have pdfs that they add into their campaigns but when we can add something special like that i mean this is literally 
the first thing, first release for these girls. Um, so uh, we were really, really pumped for them that uh, that we had the opportunity to be able to, to reveal that to everyone. Like I said, we have a stretch goal at 6,800. We have a backer goal at 150. And then we have a couple of other stretch goals that we can hopefully reach because we have a bunch of fun, fun other things that we'd like to get to in this campaign as well. Awesome. Well, all right. I've got the the link there. Do you guys have a, a, a shorter link that we can share with? Yeah, abso or? absolutely. It's uh, it's uh, I put it in the private chat. It is tinyurl.com forward slash errors, H-E-I-R-S-T-P-P-2. Awesome. Here, I'll put that on the, I'll do a new quick banner and we will put that on the banner as well. I just want to say really quick too, I'm seen in the Comics Geek Collective saying Visalia, California is their hometown. That's where I live. So I'm not yeah. sure how we <laughs> never knew that before now, or maybe we did. I, I feel like I would remember that. So I'm kind of tripping out now because I'm like, how do we never know this? <laughs> we're to, we'll have to talk and figure that out. And we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention that um, we just, we are also in an anthology that just launched tonight, like two and a half hours ago. Uh, the Holiday Spirits 2 Anthology from Orange Cone Productions just launched on Kickstarter. Uh, we have a story in there with Kurt Belcher and uh, Jerome Gagnon and Alan Emanuel. Uh, it's called Raising Spirits. So it's a holiday horror anthology. So it's all horror stories based around holiday times. And um, our story is about is called Raising Spirits, R-A-Z-I-N-G, about a little <laughs> town that is ignominious for, uh, or ignominious, whatever you say, um, for uh, every year on Christmas Eve, there's a murder that happens, and um, they they nobody can figure out um, why these killings keep happening, but um, you know, or who's doing it. But uh, our story kind of explores that. So that's something that that literally just launched on Kickstarter two and a half hours ago from Orange Cone Productions. Nice. That's Holiday Spirits too. That's our friend Travis Gibb at Orange Cone Productions. So definitely yep. check that yes, out. Sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. Well, hey, we're gonna swing a little bit around and. Uh, Let's talk to Mario about this little book called um, Kill Cello that I hear absolutely everyone talking about. What can you tell us about it, sir? Hey, yeah. So um, it's, uh, it's a fun slasher story, honestly. Uh, uh -huh. it's, I would say it's hipsters. It's kind of more Gen Z. But uh, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, uh, it's a bunch of friends try to, you know, go out to the desert to have fun at a festival. And they don't know that their favorite pop star um, has gone crazy and she's got her craziest fans out there to do a human sacrifice ritual for her and uh <laughs> it just gets weirder from there <laughs> <laughs> nice well uh, can you tell us about the team on it and i seem to remember you've got some pretty awesome alternate covers too for it yeah so uh you know i've actually never shared my screen on here so let me see if all i right. could do that all right cross your fingers uh, everyone here we go let's see if this works here Share screen. Do not show these tips again. Yes. All right. I have two screens. So let's see. Oh, no. I want open preferences and all that. Sorry. I should have been more prepared. But I'll talk no about problem. the team while I'm waiting for that. So, uh, okay. yeah, we have um, Serge Acuna and Kath Lobo did the art for the first issue. And then, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, due to some uh, external issues, uh, they had to back out. So we brought on uh, Lataro uh, Havlovich and Leslie Atlansky for issues two, three, four, and they have just been phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, all the issues all feature covers from uh, 
Surge, uh, one, two, three, and four, as well as uh, I got a bunch of my friends to do variants. So for mm -hmm. issue one, I got Tula Lote, who did the uh, exclusive uh, retailer variant. And then um, one of my friends, uh, who's a, how do I say this? She is a concept artist for films in Italy, uh, Carol Basile. She did a pretty cool cover that's a Scout exclusive for number one. And for issue two, I got uh, Fellhound, who did the uh, retailer variant, as well as, um, uh, he's gonna hate me for butchering his name, but uh, Felipe Cunha, for who did the uh, Scout exclusive. And I think I can say, we haven't shown the issue three covers yet in full, but I got uh, Luana Vecchio from Images Lovesick. Uh, a fabulous nice. artist from Italy as well. She did. Uh, she did the variants for number three. So <laughs> nice, right. awesome. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it kind of wants me to quit Chrome and reopen it. So I, I, I wouldn't do that. Do. I wouldn't do that if yeah, I were you. I wouldn't you. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it sounds like a jet engine is about to take off on my yeah. MacBook. So <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I dropped the link. If you can, please share uh, this one here on the front. Uh, yeah, in our in our private chat that no one else can see on there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a 15 second trailer that we made for issue one. Okay, give me just a second, and I will pull that up. Thank Let's you so much. See. I can figure out how to do it. Let's see. I am. But, um, All right. Before I'm you guys are talking about like the process and you know just creating guides for artists, especially people you don't know, uh, I created a whole lookbook and bible for this book, just doing samples of what festivals look like, what you know wardrobe is, just going back a few years, just to help the artists get a feel for not just you know styles wardrobe, but also uh, stages and just the whole production of you know what a uh, what a trendy festival could look like. Nice. All right. I think I have it here. So let's try the share and we can run through this thing and see what uh, what I can get done here. We will share a Chrome tab and we'll share that one from your Twitter. All right. It should be on the screen. Everybody good? Yeah. All right. I I don't know how loud this is going to be, so here we go. One. <laughs> this is the trailer for the first issue of Kilchella. And just because I know it's not true, but this is an Explain Yourself exclusive. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh. Nice. Sweet. I will stop sharing that. That looks really cool. And for those of you listening on the podcast, um, you got some cool music out of it. So there you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, listen to uh, some music, uh, like licensable things. So I pay like twenty bucks a month, and I just scoured trying to find something that felt cool, felt that hit the vibe, and I did a little bit of engineering. I'm not too good at it, but I did a little bit to try to get some good pacing on there so it met what i needed nice, nice. so uh when you when you were you, you said you did a full story bible uh mm -hmm. did, you, did you say mood board too and and all that stuff 
Yeah, yeah, it's all it all went into there. I mean, just you know, breaking down what I wanted the stage to look like, the interiors of the stage, uh, ideas for wardrobe, and even the lead uh, character Topanga Cornell going over what her wardrobe could look like, trying to get the horns right, uh, looking at her followers, which we call her fawns, and their masks and their you know seafoam green <laughs> uh, tops and you know <laughs> sand color bottoms. I mean, just yeah. I put a little bit of time into it, more than yeah. I normally do. So, <laughs> so was this was this originally? You know, were you were you were you building all this out for a Kickstarter, or were you going to pitch this originally? Were you, were you originally going to pitch it to Scout? I mean, how what what was kind of the the development process? Yeah, no, uh, I wanted to take a big swing on this. This is uh, something that I just said, hey, you know what? I can try to put this on Kickstarter, sure. I can just try to bring it to a publisher and see what happens. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I put all my eggs in this basket and. Uh, I hope it'll, you know, work out for everyone. Cool. That's that's awesome. Well, excellent. Uh, let's see. I mean, I, I haven't been checking the comments because I've been paying too much attention. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it's me, Joey Galvez from the Geek Collective. Yes. Joey. Yeah. We've definitely talked about it. We've definitely <laughs> talked about it. It's hard when it's like I don't know if it was Joey or if it was somebody else. I thought, man, how many people are? How many creators are from my city? That's amazing. But yeah. <laughs> Nice. Um, well, uh, tell you what, Matt. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, Thoughtscape, if if that sounds all right to you. I mean, I know we mentioned yeah, the, sure. the you know we did a kind of the the quick quick and dirty pitch for it, but uh, let's let's dive a little deeper into it if if and see kind of what what's going on with with your thoughts. Yes. Ah. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I guess let's see. Let's see if I've got something I can send you here or not. But um, uh, I guess you can, if you want to. No big deal. But well, where do, where do I actually leave my comments? Well, you I feel like private chat. Man, private chat. There we go. Thank yeah. you. Um, uh, yeah. There's I the Kickstarter. Never, I have never met a pun that I didn't like. So. <laughs> There you go. That's good. Uh, I'm all about the puns. I'm a yeah. As a dad, I feel like I have to be uh, pun, pun heavy. So uh, I, at least I appreciate it. I don't know if they do, but um, yeah. So uh, let's see. So Thoughtscape. Um, you know, we had a really good reaction to the first Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, people seemed to dig it, uh, and. I had, as I plotted out um, uh, this whole project initially, like I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was just kind of uh, getting a little fed up with sending in pitches and not hearing back mm -hmm. and all that kind of jazz. Um, so I um, wanted to just kind of, and I was feeling, you know, like I said, I started off with two full length graph, graphic novels right out of the gate. I didn't do the thing that you should do, which is start with short stories. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I kind of went backwards. Um, you too. But, did you? Okay. I'm not, I'm not alone. I've, uh, it, so, yeah, so I basically thought, um, and I was reading a bunch of 2080, this is three or four years ago now, um, like old stuff rogue trooper and all this stuff i'd meant to all this stuff when i was a kid in the 80s i was like "Ooh, that looks a little scary a little edgy and it was not superhero stuff so i didn't pick it up um and anyway that got me thinking oh i could just like kind of compile all these things somehow maybe and then i just realized as i was looking at all the stories they were all kind of taking place in the same world and 
uh, or at least it wouldn't be a stretch to have them be taking place in the same world. Um, I was, you know, in the under the influence of RoboCop, as I have been for, you know, 40 years now <laughs> or whatever, um, I was throwing like, you know, the same company name, for example, into things. And I was like, oh, what if this is just all one thing, but it could be anything I wanted it to be. And so basically I Thoughtscape is sort of an umbrella for any project, any story I want to do that can kind of fall into this zone. I'll, I just sort of make it fit. Um, and yeah, so that's, uh, so I, out of the gate, I try, I wanted to have like about four issues worth of content. And these are, the issues go from 48 pages to 60 pages, just uh, varying. Um, the first one and my plan is for them to all be perfect bound. They're on like uncoded sort of old school stock. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I forget what the paperweight is. It's a 70 pound. 70. Normally no, yeah. when we do it, ours, it was 70. Okay. Yeah. So nice uncoded 70 pound stock feels it's nice and comfortable. The covers are come, you know, I, it's just got like a, I wanted to go for like the old school feel um, <laughs> as much as I could sort of the late eighties DC pre vertigo vibe. Um, and yeah, and I just, I like have for the most part lucked out with like uh, a bunch of amazing artists. Um, there's two ongoing story or two ongoing stories in the series. So there's a chapter of those in each issue and then two standalone stories in each issue. And then I do sort of the, you know, Starship Trooper Z Robo copy ads that kind of break up each story, um, mm -hmm. or between the stories, um, you know, get, uh, killer covers as much as I can and, um, and just put it all together. So yeah, we're going to, we've got, I've got issue one, you know, in stock from the first Kickstarter still. Um, and my hope with this is to be able to print uh, two and three and get them out to people and hopefully get some new foot. We had like 400 backers the first time. So I'm hoping nice. that um, we can grow that a little bit and uh and hit this goal and, and my hope with hitting one through three at the first part of the year is then we can go to issue four at the end of the year and then maybe uh, this it's a lot of a lot of things have to happen but um if all that happens uh hopefully get on some kind of regular schedule where it's like a couple issues a year or um i mean the ideal would be i had envisioned it as like a quarterly thing but that um Yes. Indie comics is always tempering, tempering my expectations. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. And I've got, you know, I don't know. I've ridden ahead by too many years to even count at this point. So it's like, um, just, yeah. Hopefully I'll get some of all these stories out at some point. But um, yeah, the artist, I guess the art we're seeing here, Carl Solminski on the left-hand image there, Dave Law on the middle image and uh, Desalina Fletcher on the right hand thing with the possums and uh, the girl looking over her shoulder. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just constantly fun to be working with new folks um, as well as like getting into a rhythm with, you know, Dave and Carl who do the uh, ongoing stories. I've also done a couple of stories with Tyrell Cannon um, who did uh, beef bros with Audrey Sitterson and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a story actually with uh, that Jacob Edgar, um, who's now got a book with uh, Bendis um, that just came out called The Ones. Uh, is gonna that story's an issue too, and Leslie actually colored that um, story. Leslie Atlansky uh, had worked on some Jacob stuff before, so she did that. Um, and Leslie is a Portland person, so um, we've we met 
a few years now, I guess, back at um, Rose City. So, yeah, it's uh, it's super fun and um, hopefully weird in a good way and yeah. uh, challenging <laughs> in some ways. So, yeah. Okay, I got a deep nerd question for you. Yeah. This is so. Everybody else on here is way too young to to know what I'm talking about, but you might get this. So I probably will. When you said DC pre vertigo, do you mean Baxter paper or the normal paper? Well, so I did some deep diving on Baxter paper versus normal. It's it's not quite Baxter paper, um, is my understanding, but it's not it's not newsprint. So it's not um, it's what the I'm trying to. I probably have one around here. Like, I don't know, Cosmic Odyssey. Did you read Cosmic Odyssey? Yep, Cosmic okay. Odyssey, yep. So it's like, that was the vibe I wanted, was that sort of like prestige, uh, perfect bound book um, with just really killer paper. Um, but I, like, I had, like, and like the question and um, mm -hmm. Sandman and stuff, that was sort of the goal. So Baxter paper, if I remember right, uh, so I'm way into Michelle Fife and Copra and I, if any, if you know who that is, but he does, he's a eighties comics, uh, aficionado as well as doing a Copra, <laughs> which is an amazing book. Um, so he had this whole, uh, I've been trying to figure out what Baxter paper actually is and stuff for a little while, so <laughs> yeah. but yes, way, way but, nerdy stuff, but, um, yes, yes, definitely. So back in the day, DC released some, it, you know, the, 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 their best selling book. So this tells you how long ago it was, you know, new, T new Titans, right. Yes, yes. They released it. And I believe it was a uh, legion of superheroes on, you know, fancy, fancy Baxter paper. Uh, and then they had the regular series, you know, in, in uh, just uh, regular old newsprint, you know, that would go out. But uh, yeah, that's pretty deep nerdery stuff there. Yes, it is. It's fun, you have like, you 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 have my respect, sir. Thank you. I'm glad it matters to one other person um, on the planet. Aside, I mean, I think that's one of the great things about like the Kickstarter stuff is being able to just control your materials and everything. Um, it's lets you. I don't know. Like, uh, I guess if you're a control freak, which it feels like most of the comics people I have met tend to be to some degree, it's nice to. Uh, um, no, yeah, no, no shade. Cause I am definitely one myself. Um, <laughs> it's nice to be able to just call all the shots, you know, um, mm -hmm. it's stressful. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, um, especially like, uh, the first time, but I, uh, print ninja was who I went with for printing thoughtscape mm -hmm. and I, they were super helpful. Um, you know, they were double checking lots of stuff for me, super patient, answered all my questions. And so like with a good partner, whoever it might be, like it's, it's totally cool to be able to, yeah, I don't know, just kind of look at all your options. And there's, um, you know, I just found somebody speaking of paper that prints like uncoded uh, cheap posters um, oh, cool. rather than, you know, rather than having everything be like a really expensive, you know, pretty kind of, solid yeah. print um if you want to do something cheaper you know you can fold these and stuff and it's like the old ones i used to pick up in the comic store for free so uh yeah it's fun to try that stuff out and nerd out on it i guess oh, you're I, I don't know if you'll remember this but uh wonder man you know with jeff johnson art you know back in what was that that was that was, that was 90s 
came with a bound in poster that was, you know, just one of those cheap posters, but it's yeah. just this awesome Jeff Johnson poster that I actually, you know, had hanging up on my wall back in the day. So yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I still have my, like when the president fires cap poster from the eighties oh, yeah. with the shield and the gloves, that was like my, I've got it right by my desk. It's like, that's my model. So yeah. nice. Well, all right, everyone. Uh, you know, I'm going to check the comments to see if we've got any other questions, but it looks like we're kind of winding down a little bit. So tell you what, why don't we run back around? We'll do the quick 30 second pitch for each of the series. And then uh, Matt and I will go totally off the rails and do our uh, previous campaigns and stuff. And, and if you want to hang around, definitely feel free. I think we'll need a comic book nostalgia podcast. Hey, I'm already on one, dude. It's a Green Lantern <laughs> one. <laughs> Seriously, Sector 2814. I do it every week. <laughs> nice. Um, and we're actually, uh, that's uh, Capes and Lunatics and uh, a bunch of friends. We're actually going to talk to Jeff Johnson about his Wonder Man work, I think, oh, uh, later this month, which is really kind of cool, uh, I think, uh, because I'm a huge fan and of his work and everything but uh hey, will so i got a i got a quick question will i got a question for mario right. so mario i see that your number one is supposed to drop this coming wednesday on november 9th so how excited are you to be able to walk into a comic book store and go over to the to over to the to the to the, sh the shelf and pull one of those number ones off the shelf and then walk over to the counter and be like i want to buy this this is mine that's right <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you uh, going to go do that? Are you excited about that? Do you have any plans for going to an LCS on release day or? Yeah. Uh, that, that's actually a pretty uh, baller move right there. I think just to slap <laughs> around and say, Hey, I did this. Uh, but, <laughs> I know the writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'm going to go to my local shop, uh, Brave New Worlds in Willow Grove PA and just, you know, pick it for a bit. Awesome, man. That's nice. Awesome. Yeah, being able if I get being able to go into a store and see that issue one, first mm -hmm. issue of your series out there, that's that's got to be going to be an awesome thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. That that'll be cool. That will be awesome. You you're gonna have to get back with us and let us know how it feels, man. Just you know, like this is the you know yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really shy in real life, despite my internet persona. So I don't know how much uh, <laughs> how much bravado I'll do, but I'm sure my mom will go and tell every single store in the New York area. Hey, my son yes, <laughs> that would be that would be my mom as well. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Um, hey, uh, thanks again, everyone, for for being on uh, tonight. And Thank you. We are we are getting ready to do the uh, part of the show where we're going to go back over any projects that are still running, and uh, you know, just hey, point them out so that people can go and and take a look at them. Uh, so you are welcome to stay and hang out with us. Uh, but uh, if you're on the East Coast and it's really super late and you might be getting up for a con in the morning at, say, 6. Yeah. I don't know anybody like that. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think yeah. some of us might. I'm on the West some, Coast yeah. and I'm like, this is kind of late. Some of us that braved it out to be on this podcast or this, this, this live stream, there's some of us that are not on this show tonight that are probably going to be at the table right beside me tomorrow. I'm not going to name any names. Yes, I am. It might be Kevin Hansen, right beside me tomorrow. And he's not on the show tonight. What's up, Kevin? Give him crap tomorrow. From so all they will of need us. more than three hours of sleep a night. Matt. Okay, so. 
Well, and if you are on the West Coast and you need to uh, go maybe eat, or if it's getting late for various reasons, yeah. uh, please feel free to uh, to jump off. And thanks again for being here. And what I will do is I'm going to pull up our list, and I think Matt and I will jump into it. So uh, thanks again for being here, everyone. And if you're yeah, going to you. hang with us, great to hey. have you. And if not, have a good night. Well, hey, thanks Thank a lot, you everybody. Thanks for having us on. Thank yeah, you so thanks much, a lot for having us on. Please make sure you guys go up to tinyurl.com forward slash airs TPP2 for Airs of Asilda, the Perilous Prospects book two. Uh, this is a big project for Steph and I. A lot of fun merchandise, great story, something we think you guys will really all be into. We finish on Thursday at nine o'clock, and we really would really love to have every single one of you guys in there. Even if you're just a dollar backer, that's going to help everybody else to be able to. Uh, get some great stuff that we're going to be able to give back to you. Also, don't forget to go up and look at Holiday Spirits uh, Volume 2 that Steph and I have a story in. Really appreciate you guys for having us on this show, and um, we hope you guys have a great rest of the show. Thanks, All right, guys. Thanks. All right, thanks. Have have fun, guys. See you later. Okay. Uh, Mario, if you want to... Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's just you and me, man. Cool. Uh yeah, I love paper too. I'm I'm weird. I know I'm weird. <laughs> no, we're just we just were raised with it. It's just important to us. Um, that's right. That's right. Yes. Well, all right. Let's uh, let's see what we've got going on here. Um, oh, uh, I'm going to mention this before. Uh, as a as a, as a child of a certain decade, um, yes. you probably remember. Uh, the Marvel masterpieces painted by Joe Jusco. There's a Kickstarter for that right now. He's oh, putting really? out a book. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's already up to like 300,000. It's insane. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Joe Jusco's art of the 1992 Marvel masterpieces is running to like December 1st. I, and I only wow. bring that up right now because I thought you would appreciate it. So. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm already check that out. I, I'm already a backer. <laughs> Sweet. For more, like more than I, I, I had, I, I couldn't afford to back super high levels. So I'm, but I'm backing it definitely. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about. Uh, uh, you're very welcome, uh, Joey. Uh, let me show that one. There we go. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> uh, let's let's see what we've got on the list here. Uh, I'm gonna go to our banners. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have uh, Journey to, I'm sorry, Moana, I know I'm mispronouncing this, but I am, in truth, an ignorant hick from the sticks, so <laughs> please forgive me. Um, Journey to Akua, an all-ages hardcover fantasy adventure, which also, which is uh, similar to her, uh, I think it's a continuation of her adventures in no, Nokia, and uh, I can't remember, I'm mispronouncing that, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful book, and you should definitely check it out and i think i have a link to it uh somewhere okay i don't have a link to it check it out uh and journey to akua i-k-u-a and you should be able to find it on kickstarter uh we also had not too long ago we had uh mr jm de mateus on the show uh and he's launching four four brand new series and whoever once you back all four, because you have to back all four, but uh, the people that back all four or the trade that collects all four will get to vote 
to see which of those series is going to continue on to have its full five issues oh, nice. first. I believe all five, all, all series are going to continue eventually. But uh, if you do get all four of them, then you're going to be able to vote to see which which one is going to be the first one to get uh, you know the full five issue treatment. Uh, and I've got it. Uh, let's see. That is Spellbound Comics. Or uh, here's the Kickstarter link as well. But you can also get to it through SpellboundComics.com. Yeah. Speaking of the old days. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. One of uh, one of the best from the old times. So, it's awesome. He's still going. So this this is insane. Um, I, I was on uh, on with one of the Capes and Lunatics when we were doing an interview with with Mr. J M Dematteis. Uh, and long ago, I read a story that I did not even was know that was by him. Uh, an issue of Marvel Team Up, Marvel Team Up number one twenty three. Okay, I must have I must have read this in the eighties. I still remember it, and I'm like, oh yeah. I was like, this. It's one of my top twenty comics I would take to a desert island. I just because I still remember it, and it's it's it was impactful. And I'm like, yeah, I remember the story. It had this person as the villain. He goes, no, it actually had this person as the villain. I'm like, you're absolutely right. How in God's name do you remember a story you wrote for Marvel Team Up? <laughs> yep, <laughs> forty years ago. I mean, I remember it because I read it at just the right time. But I mean, he was he's he's an amazing writer. Yeah. For a lot of reasons, and go check out Marvel Team Up number one twenty three because it's a really <laughs> cool story. But nice. there you go. Um, all right, we've got uh, Gage and the Dragon's Tears. Gage, uh, Gage and the Dragon's Tear number four, uh, which is uh, still running, and I believe if I take a look at it, it is going until November tenth. Uh, if we look at uh, the, the multiverse, the four issues for him, that's also going till the 10th. And uh, Journey to Akua is going to November 11th. Uh, but uh, Gage of the Dragon's Tear, it's uh, fantasy uh, with uh, a thief that's uh, going to steal the dragon's tear. Uh, and uh, definitely take a look at it. What have we got? Oh, uh, we had not too long ago, we had a decay. Uh, numbers one through three uh, by Anthony Stokes, uh, which is a really, a really amazing looking series. I've got, uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, there's that one. There we go. Yeah, Decay. Uh, that's the one. Ha. I'll work this newfangled technology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's uh, kind of an interesting take on Frankenstein and, uh, you know, Maybe bringing someone back from the dead uh, might not be a good idea. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying, but you should check it out and find out why it might not be a good idea. <laughs> and I have to shout out to uh, totally Kevin Joseph, uh, not actually Kevin Joseph, but totally Kevin Joseph. Uh, Matta uh, Sorcier is doing uh, Sacrimony numbers one through five. It's a fantasy about uh, love, life, and death in no particular order. And it is, I'm going to, I'm going to gush on you a little bit, Matta. It is a beautiful book and it, it is fantasy. Unlike the standard fantasy, it's, it's got a lot of different characters that you wouldn't expect to see in fantasy. And it's, it's a really interesting book that you should be backing. And I believe that she only has, 
how many days left? She goes until November 18th, so she still has a couple of weeks left on that one. Nice. Um, let's see. Then when last week we had uh, Worlds Away. Uh, let me find that one. There we go. Worlds Away. Uh, we've got science fiction action uh, series. It's got some gorgeous art. Uh, check it out. I believe it ends in... November 11th as well. Man, that's going to be an expensive day for me. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we have Found, number one. Uh, it's a space fantasy comic. Uh, it involves a... Hang on a second. I got private chat here. Uh, oh. Okay, never mind. Uh, got some comments. Thank you. Explain yourself for heaven. Uh, you are very welcome, Matt. Thanks for being on here. And uh, that's a cool idea. Okay, I don't know what idea you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I think he. I think that popped oh. up when uh, you were talking about the Demetrius. Um, oh, gotcha. Oh, the yeah, the, gotcha. Like, pick which one goes. Yeah, pick which one. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, not a lot of writers could pull that off, but I'm. 100% certain that he can. So yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. Um, all right. So we've got uh, Worlds Away. Okay. We need Found, uh, number one, which is right here. Yes. There we go. And so it's a space fantasy uh, dealing with Found family and, uh, you know, looks really great. You should definitely check it out, too. Um. All right. I don't think I have banners for these, but uh, these are some uh, some friends of the show. Uh, Slice of Life, numbers uh, one through three, which is a, a queer webtoon with an anime twist by Cat uh, uh, Calamia and my Excel-loving buddy, Phil Falco. <laughs> Excel, that's right. <laughs> we love Excel. But uh, definitely check out Slice of Life. It goes until November 22nd. Uh, and then we've got uh, The Polar Paradox, which actually ends uh, tonight. I think that's by uh, Frank Martin. So actually, you know what? I'm going to click on that because it actually just ended. So, wow. hey, uh, it was successfully funded. Congrats, Frank. Great job. Um, I can't talk about that one now. So, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then finally, we've got, um, I think it's fine. No, we got two, two other ones. Um, the Game, uh, numbers one through three by friend of the show, Charlie Stickney, an all-around great guy. And uh, Connor Hughes is on the art. It is a, the first issue was gorgeous. I am sure the second issue will be as well. And of course, with Charlie Stickney writing it, you know you're going to get an amazing story. So definitely check out The Game. It, it ends on November 16th it looks like all right let me run through here uh uh this there's this guy he's i don't know how successful i don't really think he's that successful at kickstarter i mean he's only had a six-figure kickstarter but pat shand <laughs> has a new book uh mixed mmma mixed magical martial arts uh definitely check it out pat shand is an awesome dude and he is killing it on kickstarter so it ends on November 18th. And I mentioned the Joe Just Joe Jesco's Art of the 1992 Marvel Masterpieces, which just hit me right in the, the, the right spot because, <laughs> yeah, darn it. Um, but 
Uh, I just found out about this one, and I think it just launched today. Um, the Rocketeer and Dave Stevens is a documentary film. Uh, have you seen anything about this one yet? No. So it's a documentary film. I think the trailer's on YouTube, but uh, they launched the project so that you can get a Blu-ray of it, but it's also going to come with a comic. And I am a huge fan of Dave Stevens and, and The Rocketeer. Yeah. And also, it looks like uh, Adam Hughes will be doing uh, a story. Oh. First time that he's ever actually drawn uh, The Rocketeer, uh, you know, uh, and it'll, so it'll come with a comic. So you can get the, the documentary that comes with a comic. There's uh, his story that's actually by the, the team that did the Rocketeer movie, the, the oh, script wow. writers. Okay. Yeah. And then there's going to be another story in it, I think. And I can't remember the other artist, but then there's also a, there's an Adam Hughes cover. And then I think that there is a, a Jay Lee alternate cover oh. that you can get. So it's got a lot of nice, super awesome, amazing, uh, you know, artists and, and writers associated with it. Plus, you know, it's Dave Stevens and the Rocketeer, which is definitely hits, Hits me pretty close to the same place that Joe Jusko's art of the 1992 masterpieces, Marvel masterpieces hits me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything on Kickstarter that you're uh, looking at right now that we can <sighs> draw some attention to? I feel like you kind of covered what I had been looking at as well. Um, boy, I do have, um, there was one on, uh, on, not on Kickstarter, but on Crowdfunder. Oh, um, cool. Uh, let me pull up. Um, sorry, that just occurred to me. No but, um, let's see. Oh, and people should go yeah. sign up for Thoughtscape Comics numbers one through three. On oh, Kickstar. yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I would love to be able to hit um, 150 followers, I guess we call them at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. On the uh, coming soon page um that would give me some some hope uh <laughs> that all of us uh all of us creators need um and yeah i mean i do have uh yeah i, I hope hopefully uh, as i was talking earlier praised my creator my co-creators enough um but mm -hmm. the art in as so i've had issue two put together for a while um, you know, we tried to do that on Zoop and it uh, didn't quite happen. So um, that's all ready to go. And I was putting three together today when I got that final story in. Um, or I was, you know, I work way ahead on these things. So I was getting Carl's story in there. And <laughs> this every all the art in this book is in issue three. Um, I mean, all the art's been very special to me, but like <laughs> these the four stories we've got going in this are all kind of hitting these like edgy points in the story in the stories as well. And the mm -hmm. art is really like pushing some stuff. It's super uh, just amazing style, uh, amazing colors. Mm -hmm. Everything is super vibrant and um, it's sort of like a weird indie comic pop art amalgam, this issue, um, issue three. Nice. So I'm super <laughs> excited about it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've also got a bunch of cool commissions and stuff lined up um, for as rewards, um, as well as some uh, other books um, available from my sort of uh, Thoughtscape advisory board um, as, nice. as add-on rewards. So um, there's cool. going to be a ton of cool stuff. Um, so people should definitely check it out. I just private messaged you uh, the link oh. to on Crowdfunder, uh, The Baboon 
the temple of eternal life uh by jamie mm-hmm. jones um jamie's an artist i came across oh, cool. a while ago um and he's amazing uh his artwork is mm-hmm. just absolutely incredible um and really in like a classic cartooning style um but yeah super super fun um i'm hoping at some point i get to uh pull him into thoughtscape for a story uh it's got but, a real uh it's got a real eisner-esque feel to yes. it from the look of it which is pretty darn i mean that's yeah there are, the compliments don't come much higher than that yes yeah <laughs> he is he is uh super his art is super compelling um crowdfunders a newish platform so mm-hmm. um I mean, I don't think it's, you know, the, the campaign's halfway there. Any campaign on these newer platforms is definitely a little bit of a struggle um, just to get people to get their information onto a new service. Yeah. Uh, I ran into this with the Zoop campaign. Um, Jamie's running into it a little bit with the crowdfunder stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you've just really got a name, it's tough. And yeah. so I'd really... Um, encourage folks to uh go back this i think you'll get an amazing book by uh, a really great artist and also um the more platforms we've got uh as we see happening to us social media wise uh, just in <laughs> case um the better so uh yeah i i mean and crowdfunder i backed this it's the first thing or second thing, I guess I backed on crowdfunder, but I had to, mm-hmm. I hadn't saved my credentials. So I had to do it again. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but super easy to use. It will just take a mm-hmm. few minutes and like, I, uh, this project definitely seems worth it. And then you'll be in the system and you can back some other stuff. Um, so I would strongly encourage that. Yeah. Um, I'd actually forgotten that you had uh, tried Thoughtscape 2 on Zoop. Yeah. Um, which was, I mean, I, I understand huge risk, but, you know, it, it does help grow, you know, the, uh, the environment for us to be able to crowdfund, you know, the more, the, the more and the stronger alternatives that we have to Kickstarter is better for the entire ecosystem. You yeah. know, it's so, uh, thanks for that. Oh, yes. Very much. Well, <laughs> nice. Good to hear. That's yes. It's, uh, it's good to try uh, at least. Yeah. So. Well, and I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, Indiegogo has you know traditionally been um, a, an additional place that we could go. I we can talk about it later. Yeah. Um, so we you know Kickstarter of course is the 800 pound gorilla, but you know nowadays we have you know we have Zoop. You know, like like you've you've tried Zoop. You know, we've got Crowdfunder. Backer Kit has their own you know yeah. Crowdfunder. Um, I'm trying to think, is there another one? I know that, um, I feel like there is one more that's come out pretty recently, but I'm, and I can't think I'm totally blanking on it. So, but Hey, the, the better all crowdfunding does for us, the better it is for everyone. So yeah, definitely, uh, go take, check that out at crowdfunder and, uh, tell them Matt sent you. Yes. Or tell them explain yourself sent you. That works. Well, hey Matt, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out. Um, yeah, you know, thanks that, for having me. That slacker Kevin Joseph, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to him next week and you know give him some crap for. Hopefully, he's having a good uh, convention. I think he told me where he was going. Um, 
One second. Looks like um, uh, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, it doesn't doesn't say. Oh well, but there is a. I believe it's in Orlando. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're in Orlando or near Orlando, go check it out and say hi to Kevin. Say hi to Matt. Uh, Matt's going to be there as well. So not this Matt, the other Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Too long a trip for me. Yeah, uh, especially since uh, it's tomorrow morning and right. you're in Portland, so. <laughs> It'd be, it'd be a tough, tough to make that. That would yes. be tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, all right. Well, hey, thank you again, sir. And yeah, uh, I think we're about to the end. Thanks, everybody, who stuck with us tonight. And I'll check the comments one last time. Yep. Uh, thanks, Shawnee, Joey, um, and Kevin Joseph, dude. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Joey, thanks for uh, your support on Thoughtscape stuff. It's been uh, really great. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, check out the Geek Collective and definitely uh, go to uh, Kickstarter and go to uh, kickstarter.com slash projects slash Matt MLPDX slash Thoughtscape dash comics dash one dash three and yes. sign up to be notified when Thoughtscape Comics one through three go live on Kickstarter in January at some yes. point. Yeah, January. I, I'm going to try the second. We'll see if uh, see how it goes launching on a holiday. If that makes a difference or not, either way. <laughs> gotcha. I, did, I didn't realize it was uh, it was the observed holiday, but you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And it looks like, hey, happy Friday, Shawnee, to you too. And uh, yeah, that's right. We get an extra hour. We get it back. Oh, and that's then, right. Oh, and hopefully we never have to deal with the hated time change ever again. <laughs> we hates it, precious. We hates it. <laughs> well, all right. Thanks again, everyone. And we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now